or Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, the weekend is arriving a little early this week. Who wants to have some fun? I do. Friday is National Have Fun at Work Day. Now, are you just saying you want to have fun or do you really want to have fun? I really want to have fun. According to our calendar, National Fun at Work Day. This is going to be fun. This is so much fun. So much work. I will see all of you in the fun zone. Showtime. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, we're going to have some fun in the old town today because it is National Fun at Work Day today. Yeah. And I, I know some of you, you know, dread going to work every day, but today is that day you set that preconceived notion aside and go have some fun at work now chris and i we're lucky enough to uh work at a job where we pretty much get to have fun every day we get to do that every day yeah Yeah. not Uh, a a problem i I, one of the most asked questions uh i will say and i don't know if you get the same thing is is like you know uh, do you like your job what you know is is it good to work doing your job and I, i my answer is always the same and i really mean it it's better than working for a living what uh, i used to tell people clear back is in in like the mid 80s is okay. You've seen WKRP in Cincinnati, right? Uh huh. It's just like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wish we had Lonnie Anderson walking around our. We've had variations. Yeah, been a while. Well, that's true. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything because it'll get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. <laughs> Um, we are not starting the day off on, on a fun note with the uh, Dow. And once again, the Dow is just, for lack of a better term, just a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, again, an over 600 point swing. At one point yesterday, the Dow was up 600 points and ended the day down seven points. Which is not terrible. It's not terrible, except that it's you, still down. With the lead in of it was up 600 points yeah. and it, within an hour, hour and a half. It had dropped over 600 points. Um, it's like in basketball when you're ahead by 24 and then you end up winning the game by one. I, it, it, it's scary to me in the fact that, I mean, every single day it seems like we're doing this since the first of the year. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I, and I don't know where it's going to leave. And I don't, I don't think anybody actually does until you're able to look back at some point and go, gosh, we saw the warning signs. They were all right there. <laughs> Why didn't we know uh, that this I, was going to happen? Almost every warning sign I've ever seen in my life has been in retrospect. I remember, I, I would say that except for one. And that was when we had the housing uh, market crash back in 2009. Mm-hmm. And I remember it, it began in the fall of 2008, if I remember correctly. Um, and I told my wife at the beginning of that year, my wife, you know, is... A in realtor real estate, in yeah. real estate. And, you know, things were moving along very nicely then. And, and I told my wife at the beginning of that year, I said, um, I, we need to start putting money away. And she's like, why? I go, because this isn't going to go on. She goes, what do you mean? I go, it can't go on. We can't see 20 and 30% increases in the value of our homes year after year after year, where in three years your house has doubled in price. I go, people can't afford that. And I go, and I had read a lot, you know, people were just, not without jobs saying, I make $600,000 a year, and the banks would stand approved mm-hmm. without checking was, whether or not they actually was, had a job or if they made $600,000 a year. I mean, you're right. It was almost that easy at that time. Yeah. And banks were loaning a lot of money to people who could not pay it back. 
you had uh, appraisers who are also um, kind of, you know, I don't, I don't want to make an accusation, but working in with cahoots or being pressured by banks saying, hey, you have to appraise this at this value based on how much we're going up over the last year or two. It will be worth this, even though it might not be worth it now. And they would go, all right, this house is probably only worth $300,000. But since they're looking for a loan for half a million, we'll stamp it approved. And that's how much the house is worth. So you had all this stuff going on. And I told my wife six months in advance, I said, I, I go, make it while you can, because I go, this isn't going to go on. And sure enough, and she'll, she'll tell you to this day. She, she'll, she'll pick, she knows the date even. She goes, it was like August 8th. She goes, it was like somebody came and pulled a plug. It just stopped all across the board. It mm-hmm. seemed like all in the same day where all of a sudden nobody wanted to buy a house anymore. <laughs> and then. Well, it's not that they didn't want to. They just they, Yeah, they just, well, a lot of it was they didn't want to anymore because they were, oh, my gosh, housing prices just dropped 100%. I, I have these two houses here that I bought that I can't afford because I don't have a half a million dollar a year job. Um, and, and then, of course, we know what, ha- what happened after that. And it's funny because that was one of those things where you look back, and there's been a couple of movies that have been made even on what happened, and, and people look back, and it's like, how did we not see this coming? I mean, all the signs were there. We knew we, we knew that it, it's because of greed. People mm-hmm. were making money. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to pull the plug until I have to. And, you know, and, and if you've seen any of the movies. Uh, one about, of, the, about the bailouts the, and things like that? Yeah, the, the one um, with Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. Um, the, big, well, the Big Short? The Big Short. Yeah. Uh, the first time I saw The Big Short, it first of all, it was an absolutely amazing movie. Um, and it was based on the housing crash and what happened and how people made mm-hmm. billions of dollars even on the housing crash. I remember thinking to myself, I did not know you could make money that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, it made me mad. My wife was furious to see the fraud that was going on. The, they knew they were committing fraud and they continued to do it. And the federal, you know, the feds allowed it to happen. And like I said, this is one of those instances where everybody could see in hindsight, it's like, why didn't we know this was coming? All, all the signs were there. I don't know if that's, you know, what if we're going to look back on what's going on here, if something happens. Um, all, all this right now is being based on, as we've heard from Jeremiah Bates, when we talk about your money, um, what's going on with inflation. Uh, GDP yesterday, 6.9% year over year. Wow. GDP, it is the highest it's been since 1984. That's cool. Um, which is great. You know, it shows we're prospering. Uh, however, it also shows that inflation is there because mm-hmm. you're paying more for for everything. Um, you know, so there's a lot of this going into it. Um, we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates a little bit later this morning. The Dow is down 300 points as of right now, a little over 300 points as of right now in early morning trading. It is also Open Phones Friday. So we'll talk about anything you want to talk about today. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through. Uh, you can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, I know we were having trouble with our text messages yesterday, but I believe they are about working today. So same as our main number if you want to get through. Right now, let's get our first check on what's going on sports-wise. Another big sports day for Boise State fans. Uh, let's get this update brought to you by That Guy's Fresh Deli in Meridian. Today, of course, is Friday, and that means clam chowder day. Best clam chowder you're going to find anywhere. Get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Good morning. The Boise State men's basketball team is at Fresno State tonight. They're looking to set a school record for consecutive victories if they can win their 14th straight tonight. 
The Broncos faced the Bulldogs for the second time this season, having beaten them in Boise in late December, 65 to 55. Fresno State seven-foot center Orlando Robinson scored 22 that night, and Coach Rice says he'll be a challenge again. He's a tremendous scorer, a lot of different ways he can score inside, outside, hit threes, back to the basket, he faces up. He's probably one of the most versatile big guys in the country that way, and and he's a great defender, too. Robinson made 10 of 15 shots that night, while the Bronco defense held the rest of the Bulldogs to 15 of 41 shooting. Our coverage will begin at 8.30 tonight. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. There are other games in the Mountain West tonight. Wyoming will be at Air Force. UNLV will be at Colorado State. And San Jose State will play at New Mexico. There's also one game being played on Saturday. It's Utah State playing at Nevada. I'm Rick Worthington. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 621, it is Open Phones Friday, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Brad from Eagle, thank you for being patient. Good morning, gentlemen. Mike, you made a statement just a moment ago, basically saying, where were the feds? And I'd just like to point out that over the years, Republicans have done everything that they can to deregulate and to lessen the amount of federal inspectors in in pretty much everything, from the FDA to banking. And it's isn't it the number one thing that the Republicans want less oversight? Well, with certain so to make yeah, with with certain things, yeah, less it, it, less it, government it, control. How does it, what does that have to do with two thousand and eight? Well, it, it's it's there was less government control it, during during the early years of the Bush administration. There were there were several laws passed that limited what regulators could do. And it's something where we, it's like right now, the attempt to do something about property taxes. Now, I understand that that property taxes frighten people, but I'll give you a prime example. California, Prop 13, froze property taxes levels at 1972 for people living in existing homes. I know so many people in California that are sitting in homes that are worth, hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're paying taxes on fifty five and sixty thousand dollars assessed value. <laughs> wow. That's good. And in it's it damages the state. It it drops revenues and we're getting ready to jump in and do the exact same thing here. Learn from other people's mistakes. I don't I in in talking we talk with legislators all the time. Um I I would say there are very very, very few people who are for prop, what is it, prop 13 that California has. Because, like you said, they think it is a mistake. But I think most people, including people that are being kicked out of their homes that they've lived in in their entire lives, say something just, has to be done. Yes, yeah, so those who just can't pay the taxes anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've, they've, oh, paid I, I, off, they've paid off their home and now they live on a fixed income and all of a sudden they have to sell their lifelong home because they can't afford it anymore. Something has to be done with that because they can't afford to pay the taxes through no fault of their I, I, own. Oh, I, and I agree. There, there should be a, 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 
a stop measure for seniors. It wouldn't be hard to enact. It's just let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah, I I would say, like I said, um, in, in talking to all the legislators that we have, you know, over the last three years that I've been here, um, Chris has been here even longer than that. There is very, very little support, if any, from our state legislators and state government for the Prop 13 well, they, thing that California has. They don't want to be responsible for you know less income for the state. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, it's, I it, just, it's, it's a balancing act. I, I, I get it. It's a balancing act. And, I mean, I'm, I'm not a genius enough at, <laughs> or even smart enough to be able to figure I, I think, out I think they money would love, wise. I think they would all love to be able to present that to homeowners. But again, it's, it's the revenue thing and, yeah. and they can't justify doing it because of that. Yeah. And, and for the same problems, as you just mentioned, people can look at California for the last, you know, however many years. Um, how, how many people did this help? as opposed to how many people did it hurt, and there's probably way more on the side that it, it, it hurts on the state level than it, than it did, that it helped. Um, but, well, but I, I mean, I, I think most people agree, even the legislators that we talked to, something has to be done, and they're even working on this year, even though something was done with property taxes last year, um, most people would agree that in practice, after they put it in practice last year, that it wasn't a, a great solution. Um, we're going to talk to uh, legislators coming up this morning. As a matter of fact, one of the people that was responsible last year for um, putting together the uh, bill on property tax last year, Senator Jim Rice is going to be with us coming up this morning. And uh, there's already been some movement on uh, property taxes and working on that in this year's legislature. We'll get some guidance on what is being done and what is not on the table when we talk to him coming up a little bit later. So we'll talking we'll be talking senators this morning and he's one of the people that we'll be talking to our Republican Senator Jim Rice here this morning and that'll be coming up uh he's on at eight forty five, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Eight forty five. Um so that's coming up here this morning. It is open phones Friday, two oh eight, three three six thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Um we'll take a break here when we come back. If you want to call us up, Bob, I know you're on the line, you just called through. We need to take a break. We'll get to here coming here. Uh so don't go away. We also have tickets as a San Jose State game coming up. Boise State goes for win number fourteen in a row, which would set a record for it's been an amazing season so consecutive far. wins which is weird to say after november did you see boise state anywhere close to this no. after their three and no, four I mean, start like, in november like most people i was thinking well we have another somewhat mediocre team this year not that they have that every year they don't but once in a while yeah i i, I at that point i was like well there's always next year I felt like I was a, a University of Idaho fan, Vandal fan again. Well, there's always next year. <laughs> but, man, they turned it completely around. You'll be able to hear that action tonight against Fresno State on 670 KBOI, and we have tickets for next Wednesday's game against San Jose State. Keep listening. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 6.34. Good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for tuning in this morning and listening in to the most listened to radio station and morning show, the Treasure Valley. We appreciate it. We're nothing without you. <laughs> it is Open Phones that's, Friday. That's true. Without, without all of you, we'd be the least listened to. <laughs> exactly. Um, it is Open Phones Friday. It's brought to you by Fast Eddie's in Meridian. Uh, Bob, thank you for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Hey guys, TGIF to you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> You're not working tomorrow, are you? 
Um, well, I haven't talked to my wife as of yet. Uh, I'm hoping not, but... Yeah, not if I can I, help I, it. I could be. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, when I got on, I heard the fellow talk. Heard y'all the uh, tax relief uh, proposed, property tax relief. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether you're aware of it or not, but at least in some of the counties here at Idaho, if not all of them, there's a pro- pro- program called the uh, Circuit Breaker Program. Right. And the Circuit Breaker Program, once you... Uh, retire, you don't have much of an income anymore you can put in for it, it greatly reduces your uh, property tax burden every year, like uh, at least 50%, not more. Yeah, that is a good program, I think. And, and I'm not exactly sure what the level is, but I think there's been complaints that a lot of people are kicked out of the circuit breaker because there is a cap um, because, because on it. What? Because there's a cap on it. So it is. It has kicked a lot of people off because of the high price of houses in a lot of the markets. Now, that that's not all all the cities in Idaho, but you know, through most of the state, you've seen increases, uh, especially in some of the bigger cities. And that's the problem: is that some of the people that could use it um, don't get a chance to take advantage of it because they're they're kicked out of it. Um, because of the cap. So I think that's one of the things. And we'll talk with Senator Jim Rice um, this morning and uh, Senator Nelson as they're on uh, about that and what, what they're doing to try and fix that. Um, I, know, I saw one of the bills, and I don't remember all the specifics of it, that would add about 1,000 if they fix that cap that would add about 1,000 um, people here in Idaho that are, are due to be kicked off of it this year. It would add them back in. Okay, well, great. Well, uh, hey, have a great day, guys. Thank you for the call, Bob. Appreciate it. Sure thing. Bye-bye. 208-336-3700, on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, once again, it is open phones Friday uh, here. Um, president Biden uh, yesterday told the Ukraine president, based on their intelligence, get ready for an invasion. So apparently our all our intelligence we keep hearing, even though Putin keeps saying, no, we're not going to invade mm-hmm. Ukraine, um, Ukraine apparently got told the president yesterday that uh, by Biden that prepare because it is so what, it is imminent. What would be the response of the United States? Good question. What should it be? Put that out there for you this morning. What should it be, or should it be anything? I mean, there's a lot of people that say, "Hey, it's time for us to quit being the policemen of the world." Congressman Russ Fulcher was on with Nate Shellman yesterday. He had some thoughts on this. Um, if you want to hear, by the way, the whole interview, we're not going to play the whole interview. Do have some of the highlights. You can check that out. It's on his podcast at uh, KBOI.com. And speaking of KBOI.com, don't forget, 9 o'clock today, you have a chance to uh, get in on uh, a sweet deal, R&R Barbecue. Chris and I might be battling it out for you <laughs> to take advantage of that half-price deal. Gets underway at 9 o'clock today. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 642, Idaho's COVID-19 positivity rate last week. Numbers are in, uh, arose to 38.8%. That is a record. For the week of January sixteenth, we're, <laughs> we're number one. Uh, that's the latest uh, data that uh, is in for the week of January sixteenth. It is the fifth state straight week of straight uh, steep increases. Positivity rate measures the proportion of lab COVID nineteen tests taken by Idahoans that come back positive. The high rate is yet another sign Omicron's reach within Idaho, where nearly fifty thousand cases have been recorded since January first. 
More than 13% of all cases recorded since the pandemic began in January of 2020 have come this month. Is that right? That's that's pretty big. Uh, recent recorded cases are well below the, below the actual tally, according to uh, the Department of Health and Welfare, since they say they are behind in recording over 42,000 positive test samples. That's a ways behind. That's the most they've ever been behind, by the way, also. Have you ever felt like you were behind 42,000 for some <laughs> That's a lot to be behind. They said, while well, 16,422 new cases officially were recorded the week of January 17th, Department of Health and Welfare estimates the actual number for the week is probably closer to around 29,000, something like that. Eastern Idaho but Public. They, but they don't know. They don't know for sure. They're just estimating on that right. based on the number of tests that are coming back positive that they have done and the number that they still have to look at. Eastern Idaho Public Health District, which includes Idaho Falls, Pocatello, Ocatello, 50%. Highest rate in the state. They're number Probably one. Blackfoot They're number one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're no longer number one. More than 80% of positive tests sequenced right now in Idaho since mid-December have come back um, due to the Omicron strain. So um, there are still Delta infections going on, apparently. so high in, uh, in eastern Idaho compared to the way it is in Boise. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. You know, you're close to Salt Lake City area. I don't know if that influences at all. I don't know what the infection uh, infection rate in Salt Lake City area is, if it's, if it's high or not. But, yeah, 50%, that's, you know, um, a good 15% higher than it is just here in the Southwest Central Health District. Well, you know, chances are in any individual house, if you have zero or one child, you're not as likely to catch something as you if you have like you know four five six seven, especially if those uh, are all coming from different places, going yeah, to school, exactly. different schools, things like that. Bring home everything. Yeah. Time for a check on sports once again. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Get in for lunch today or any day, Monday through Saturday. They're open every day at ten thirty Monday through Saturday. Um, and find out why they have been ranked Idaho's number one deli. Get in today. Uh, you also get to take advantage of uh, one of their most popular soups. It is clam chowder day at Fat Guys Fresh Deli today and every Friday. Well, there's no football on Saturday this week, but there are some pretty important games coming up. Only three games remain in the 2021 NFL playoffs. The Cincinnati Bengals were the first team to advance to play in the NFC title game after they beat the Tennessee Titans on Saturday in the divisional round. The San Francisco 49ers were next. They ousted the Green Bay Packers. The 49ers will play the Los Angeles Rams, who downed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. And the Bengals will play the Kansas City Chiefs, who went at home on Sunday over the Buffalo Bills. And then you've got a week off before you get ready for the Super Bowl. The first game on Sunday will be the Bengals at the Chiefs. That starts at, let's see, that's 1 o'clock local time on CBS. The second game will be on Fox. It begins at 4.30 in the afternoon. That's the 49ers and Rams. I'm Rick Worthington. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Friday morning, and of course you know what that means. Friday's all about you and what you want to talk about. It is Open Phones Friday, 208-336-3700. 
Toll-free 1-800-529-5264. If you want to get through to us, if you have a Verizon wireless phone, just hit pound 670. Other ways you can get through, uh, you can text us, same as our main number. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. And uh, you can also email Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com. Um, an email in yesterday says, I am uh, a Nigerian prince that listens to your show every day. Can you guys please have the guy who called yesterday claiming that hundreds of athletes are dropping dead in FIFA soccer league? Can you have him please call me? Many thanks. <laughs> a Nigerian prince. Huh? Nigeria. Who knew we had a Nigerian prince who, who is I, probably a multimillionaire who wants I to get money out of his country? I have to admit, I did not know, <laughs> nor did I suspect. <laughs> However, I have <laughs> received emails from Nigerian princes and, and estate uh, uh, you know, executors and all sorts of things. Yeah. Like that. I noticed you're still working here, so you must not have responded or, or it didn't work out really well for you. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> um, uh, good news uh, uh, is the Dow futures have now fought back. We were down over 300 points, now only down 100 points here, about half an hour ahead of the opening. Don't worry, though. Um, we still have a chance to have a 600 or 1200 point swing, as we've already seen exactly. uh, this week in, in one day. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates on the way this hour. Also, uh, coming up here for you this morning are Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, opening the doors to the world from right here in Idaho. Uh, you can also get help right here in Idaho looking to buy, sell, invest. They can make that process easy for you with just one phone call 208 888. 4128. Our question today has to do with hockey. There are a lot of misspellings on the NHL's Stanley Cup. Teams that win get their team's name and each of the players and coaches' names engraved on the trophy. Lots of names are misspelled. None more than Montreal Canadiens Hall of Fame goaltender. Excuse me, had to sneeze there. Uh, Jacques Plant who won the Stanley Cup five consecutive years. His name is spelled differently each time. Is that right? Yeah. One team's uh, name, City... Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Welcome to a Friday. Open phones Friday. Uh, by the way, I apologize uh, for not being able to get the uh, question out. I had it timed out perfectly, but uh, all he, of a sudden you had to sneeze. Yeah. yeah, God said, "No, thou shalt sneeze right now," and kind of screwed things up before we had to go to that hard break into news at the sure. top of the hour. Sure, so. blame somebody else. <laughs> uh, our question, and once again, you get your four tickets to the Boise Golf and Travel Show coming up here on the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Uh, today, uh, all you have to do is answer a question. It has to do with hockey. Start over again from the whole thing. Hopefully, won't get to sneeze here. There are a lot of misspellings on the uh, NHL Stanley Cup. Now, in case you didn't know, teams that win get their team's name and each of the players' and coaches' names engraved on the trophy for every winning team every year or win it. Now, lots of names are misspelled. None more than Montreal Canadiens Hall of Fame goaltender Jacques Plant. He won the Stanley Cup five consecutive years. His name is spelled differently each and every time. (laughs) One of the crazy misspellings is one team's city name is misspelled. Which city has their name misspelled on the Stanley Cup? By the way, I'll give you a a hint. 
It's a really, really easy name to spell. Normally, yeah. <laughs> if you speak English and you live in this country, you would think you'd be able to spell this. So that should uh, help you out a little bit with your hint. Once again, that'll be coming up here. Uh, our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, at uh, 8.20 this morning. Congressman Russ Fulcher was on with uh, Nate Shulman yesterday. Uh, you can hear the uh, entire interview on his podcast, kboi.com, or click through on the fan page on uh, Facebook. Uh, but had a couple of highlights, especially with the news we've been talking about all week, about uh, Russia possibly invading Ukraine. Um, Ukraine president, you know, is was told yesterday by Biden that a, an invasion is imminent and that he should stop start preparing, even though Putin keeps saying we're not going to invade Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, European nations told yesterday to uh, start preparing for cyber attacks wow. from Russia. Um, and Nate asked Russ Fulcher, um, why should we as Idahoans care about what's going on in, in something that's halfway around the world in another country? Is this going to affect us here in Idaho? Well, here you've got an expansionist country, an expansionist leader, somebody who is bent on getting the old Soviet Union band back together with nuclear weapons that is on the verge of destabilizing the European continent once again. And, and uh, I didn't live through it, but uh, not too distant history tells us that that's how a World War I started, that's how World War II started, and uh, this is a significant deal because uh, Putin does not want to stop just with the Ukraine. He wants to dominate the energy supply within, within the continent, gain control that way, and America has, has been showing signs of weakness here, and uh, it, this could be a real worldwide problem that impacts all of us if we're not careful. You're involved in trade. You're involved in, in you know, marketing Idaho. And I know you've been involved in trade missions in the past. How much would that affect us, you know, with agriculture base? How much would that farm uh, farm equipment? You've been involved in, in traveling to Europe, you know, in and out of the public and private sector, you know, just, just dovetailing in between. How much would that affect Idaho directly? Uh, well, Maybe not tremendous amount directly, but indirectly very significant because uh, with this pipeline that uh, uh, Putin has, this Nord Stream pipeline, uh, he he will use that to dominate and monopolize the energy supply within Western Europe. And some of our so-called friends, the Germanys, the France, they're culpable in all this because they've guaranteed him business uh, for his cheap oil, and uh, and that impacts uh, all of us because, of course, we export a lot of our natural gas. Uh, to Europe and whatnot. Uh, some of the grains, some of the, the sugar supply that we produce here does wind up in that area, so it would have an impact. I think we could probably market that elsewhere, but the much larger impact is the destabilization of the world. And one other thing, Nate, not to run down a rabbit hole, but mm-hmm. this also weakened, would weaken America's position as the primary uh, fiscal center because the U.S. dollar is the is the currency, uh, international currency, and you got Russia and China trying to eliminate that, which would have a devastating impact on trade, on America's influence, and this would be a major step to destabilize the U.S. dollar. So uh, there's a, it's, it's not a simple situation, right. but it's, uh, it's a very significant one and one that, that bears a lot of attention. Congressman Russ Fulcher on yesterday with uh, Nate Shellman. Um Another thing that they uh, talked about earlier this week, Nancy Pelosi, at 81 years old, a lot of people thought that she would be retiring and not be uh, running 
once again for the House Wait. of Representatives. Thought or hoped. <laughs> Maybe that's more hoped. Um, at 81 years old, um, announced that she is indeed going to be uh, running. Part of this is, and Democrats are being asked to not retire right now from from Congress because of the high turnover. Midterm elections uh, coming up and a high number of Democrats that are um, retiring rather than running for re-election again uh, could mm. cause a, a big and, big flip. And, and since you always have an advantage, if you were running for the same seat you already hold, they, they want them to keep doing it. Yeah, but uh, so that's what some people believe why Nancy Pelosi um, is running, even though a lot of people thought that she would be retiring. Um, Congressman Russ Fulcher was asked about the upcoming midterms and the number of people who are retiring rather than running for re-election. I think what you're seeing with uh, there's as of last week, there was 28 members of the Democrat conference that has already said we're not going to run for re-election, which is a big number, yeah. especially on the Democrat side. There's uh-huh. typically a lot more turnover on the Republican side. Than there is a Democrat. But uh, they know what's coming. And almost all of that 28, Nate, is from swing districts. They, they know that they're not likely to win. And so why go to the expense, the effort and then get beat? And so uh, that's just another sign, I think, that uh, people realize there is highly likely going to be a leadership change. There needs to be, I think, we're seeing signs of it with uh, those who are decided not to run. Once again, that was uh, Congressman Russ Vulture. He was on with Nate yesterday. If you want to hear the uh, whole interview, he had a lot of other stuff that he uh, talked about, but just wanted to give you some of those highlights. Once again, you can get through um, on the uh, podcasts. Easy to do, kboi.com. And in addition to uh, the uh, podcast, you can click through on our fan page on Facebook. He he talks about the Idaho grocery tax history, um, the uh, appointment to the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, mental state of uh, President Biden, uh, all that um, also on that if you want to check out yeah. the podcast once again. KBOI.com uh, and just click on the podcasts under Nate Shelman if you want to find it. KBOI News Time is 7.15. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again today, it is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Get into um, Meridian just off Wells Avenue. That's where it's located. Find out why Fat Guys Fresh Deli rated the number one deli in Idaho. They're open up at 10.30 today. It's going to be a fun night for hoops. We hope Bronco fans as Boise State looks to extend the nation's second longest winning streak in the nation to bring it to 14 games with a victory tonight. The Broncos are in Fresno and will look to beat the Bulldogs for the second time this season. In the first meeting in Boise in December, the Broncos out-rebounded them by 13 in the 65-55 win. Coach Rice talked about what he expects tonight. It's going to be a challenge. I mean, I think they've they've gotten better and better as the season's gone on and um, you know, they, it's going to be a, you know, we got to go on the road and play at Fresno and, uh, it could be one of our toughest games of the year. Boise State is 7-0 and in the Mountain West, while Fresno State is 4-2. and The Bulldogs, though, have been unbeatable at home, going 9-0 and so far this season. Our coverage will begin at 8.30 tonight. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. As we mentioned before, there are several other games in the Mountain West tonight. Wyoming will be at Air Force. UNLV plays at Colorado State. And San Jose State is at New Mexico. As far as the standings go, Boise State is the only unbeaten team in conference play. Colorado State is right behind at 6-1. and Wyoming, who the Broncos beat earlier this week, is also 4-1 and in conference play. I'm Rick Worthington. 
time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. The wild swings continue. Yesterday, uh, over 600-point swing. Uh, even this morning with the futures market, we were seeing uh, about a 300-point swing on the Dow ahead of the uh, opening. Trying, was down. To, trying to figure out how come all I invest in is, is companies that report lower than expected adjusted fourth quarter earnings. Um, maybe you need... Yesterday was opposite National Opposite Day. Maybe you should start doing that. It didn't, it didn't help. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, just let us know what you're buying first so that yeah, we can yeah, do the so exact opposite. <laughs> uh, George Costanza. Jeremiah, the GDP, Gross Domestic Product Report, came out yesterday. Um, nearly 7% year over year. Highest it's ever been since 1984. Is that good news or bad news? Well, I mean, let's let's look at it like this. The the. The inflation piece has been uh, ad nauseum, the the elephant in the room that the market has been looking at and really how the Fed is going to move their hand, right? So when you're looking at gross domestic product and it growing, I mean, it's it's showing a rate of the underlying economy, hey, which, is, which is great. However, the problem is the Fed is trying to tighten and slow things down, right? <laughs> because prices are going up. It's kind of like if everyone's got this giant tailwind behind, they're trying trying to spend money. We got supply chain issues and prices are increasing. So it's kind of a double-edged sword here. So really what we're seeing now, and, and um, you, you mentioned it right when we went in, it's kind of looking at these fourth quarter dynamics, these things that happened at the end of the year, where in a lot of companies, you're seeing these positive earnings reports where it did beat expectations of fourth quarter last year, but you're still seeing the stock of the or the price of the stock go down. And the reason for that is it's forward looking. They're looking into the quarter that we're in right now because a lot of these earnings reports are saying they're still citing supply chain issues. Even Apple came out today, even though they had strong numbers and they said, hey, even despite these supply chain woes, we're still looking at a profitable year. And you're seeing Apple kind of buoy the markets right now, which is great. So we're kind of looking as the GDP. It's like, hey, we, we want to see this. We want to see the economy grow, right? But in fact, we actually want to see it decelerate because if we see it start to decelerate a bit, then the market will kind of take a little bit of a breather, a little bit of pause because they won't expect the Fed to to hike interest rates at a at a faster rate than that's not expected. So when we're looking at that recent meeting that they had, they really didn't give a clear indication. They said they gave off a hawkish tone, but they didn't give any real concrete numbers of at what rate they're going to increase interest rates. So if we're if we continue to see these hot inflation numbers coming through, that's kind of the concern. But on the positive side, you, you were seeing consumer reports, consumer consensus reports coming through, and they're actually U.S. consumers are coming out and saying, "Hey, we're this is actually not a good time to buy." So that's a positive. So if we start to see things cool down a bit, the Fed can kind of take a breather and say, "Hey, we can normalize rates at a slower pace than what's anticipated, not rattle the markets. We kind of see things come back to a normalization because the last year, the last two years have been anything but normal." There seems to be one company though that is propping up or, or the stock market right now or things could possibly be worse. Yeah, I mean, it's well that and that's the one kind of it's it's a positive and negative, but it, we're seeing this real f- fundamental shift 
on what we're what companies are viewed as flights as flights to safety because historically you look at US treasuries as a flight to safety but however if you go into US treasury bonds right now you're actually losing money because the yields are so dismal prices are high you, you'd be at an actual loss even when you factor in inflation so now you're looking at these you know trillion multi-trillion dollar uh, market capitalized companies like an Apple but the problem with that is when if they come under any selling pressure if there's any bad news or miss on earnings or things like that they have such high representation in these broad US indexes that it that tide going down is going to bring down all boats but on the flip side it could also bring them up Jeremiah, you did such a great job this morning. We're going to give you the rest of the uh, weekend off again. <laughs> I This week was another wild one. Could certainly use it. But uh, futures are up right now. We'll see if that maintains. Um, but expect more volatility. I think <laughs> uh, I, I think until the, the next Fed meeting, we're going to see more of the same. So hopefully corporate earnings keep coming out, surprising to the upside, and we'll be all right. All right. We'll get an update from you here in just a little over an hour after the stock market opens up. And we'll talk to you again Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Jancy, too. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 734, you Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. It's Open Phones Friday, 208-336-3700. Gary and Emmett, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. How are you and Chris, Mike? We're doing as good as can be expected. Well, I have a, a little economics uh question kind of an answer thing with you uh if inflation happens and the price of everything goes up then the dollar spent in the marketplace is greater for the same amount of goods and so for one thing taxes go up you get more revenue out of taxes because as inflation happens there's more taxable money transferring hands, right? Right. Also, if wages following prices, then as people's income increases, a lot of people will jump up a bracket and even have to pay more income tax, right? <gasps> yes. So if you look at the market in trillions of dollars, which is the size of the market, and say inflation is going up 10%, and the gross domestic product goes up 6%. Because the total economy is inflated by 10%, if there is only a 6% growth in the total economy, does that mean there's an actual 4% negative or shortfall on the growth of the economy. Are you serious? You, you think Chris and I can answer this economic question? Well, what I'm pointing out is kind of common sense stuff. Every metric that we're being given, and by the way, the stock market again, if the stock market goes up 10%, if money is worth 10% less, is the stock market gaining in value or just keeping up with inflation? Inflation is an interesting thing. It skews every number that you look at. And by the way, governments don't hate it. In fact, a lot of governments like it because it does increase revenue. If you have inflation, you're going to have increasing revenue in taxation. Interesting thoughts. Mm -hmm. 
it's an interesting thing. It's a dynamic that people aren't talking about. Inflation, as I said, skews every number you look at. And so when you're thinking about or hearing all this, the market is up, the Dow is up, the GDP is up in relationship to the inflation of the currency, which inflates the overall economy. Thank you for the call. Appreciate the thoughts, Gary. Uh, KBY Newstime, 736. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Open phones Friday. It's 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us today, you can uh, still do that. Uh, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, I want to remind you once again, and, and we've been reminding you basically uh, every few weeks for the last couple of months. Last week, uh, we talked uh, with the spokesperson for the uh, Red Cross here in Idaho about the need for blood, nationwide blood shortage going on. And I just want to remind you once again, because the uh, blood shortage is still going on. It's part of the reason why we are in crisis standards of care here in southwest uh, idaho as a matter yeah. of fact through south idaho because of the blood supply or lack thereof yeah um so i mean we're we're looking at nationwide uh, about a one day or less supply supply yeah. going on right now so if you can if you can donate blood it's national blood donor month and i want to remind you of this because you have until monday to donate if you want to get in on a raffle for a free trip to the Super Bowl, not just a trip to the Super Bowl. You actually get tickets and get to go to the game. <laughs> um, they don't all, just send you to watch the parking. No, no. Okay. Um, also included in that, there will be one uh, drawing for that. Um, there will also be a raffle for a home theater package for those who don't get to go to the game. So you could be watching huge screen, surround sound. Um, and then there was another drawing for a $500 e-gift card. Uh, like I said, if you want to get in on all those drawings, though, you have to donate by Monday, get a hold of the me, the uh, Red Cross uh, here in Idaho, redcross.org. Uh, another reason, for those of you who like Krispy Kreme donuts, um, they're giving a sweet incentive right now. Krispy Kreme is uh, free donuts if you uh, donate blood by January 31st. Uh, you can donate blood or platelets um, until January 31st and get in on the free Krispy Kreme donuts. So just... Another extra reason, if you'd like a dozen free donuts, here's your chance to uh, get those just for donating. Yeah, go down and donate 12 pints of blood, and then if you're you're still alive. I was going to say, how many pints? (laughs) You can go get a dozen donuts. (laughs) Um, Donuts, by the way, have been scientifically proven to uh, replenish your blood supply. Is that right? No, I'm just... Just making excuses. You're, making you're, just, excuses ration, to, you're just rationalizing your behavior. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And don't forget, they're still giving, uh, you know, free donuts, I believe, for, if you've been vaccinated. So yeah, that's reason, true. no reason not to stop I, by Krispy Kreme. If you have straight A's or something, you get one. There, there are lots of reasons over the years that Krispy Kreme has given away free donuts. The uh, record $600 million Idaho uh, tax cut in tax rebate took another step yesterday. This thing is flying through the legislature. I, I've never seen a bill go, su- go well, through so since, quickly. Not since the last election year, anyway. <laughs> at the beginning of a legislature. Now, granted, we see bills fly through at the end because everybody wants to go home. Mm-hmm. We still got two months before people go home. Uh, but this uh, now is headed to the full Senate. 
Um, the measure already cleared the House. Republican Governor Brad Little has uh, twice sent his budget chief to testify on its behalf, indicating his support, said he will sign the bill uh, if and when it passes the Senate, which is the final hurdle that it has to be. The uh, $600 million cut includes a one-time $350 million uh, in rebates, and that's for everybody who has uh, filed taxes um, in the last two years. And $250 million in permanent income tax reductions going forward to people with businesses. Backward says the tax cut returned money to the people who paid it. Bonus says the tax cuts mostly benefit the wealthy at the expense of essential government services, such as education. How, however, um, there's a $1.9 billion surplus right now. So this, this basically just affects about less than a third of that surplus. Um, and the surplus is, as of right now, because of the economy and what's going on in Idaho, uh, projected to keep growing because of the amount of money that is coming in um, on taxes, for on corporations, income taxes, whatnot. So it was also changed to the taxes. The good news about this for, for us would be this is all going to be, A, retroactive, and mm-hmm. B, uh, immediately start as soon as the governor signs it. So the quicker this gets done, for those of you who would like to get you know, money back on your taxes, and this would be a minimum of $75 for every person in your family. The quicker we cash in. The quicker you cash in. This is not something you have to wait till next year on. Uh, As soon as this is signed in, um, the rebates will be sent out just as quick as they can get the paperwork done and the checks cut. Um, The um, tax cuts then would go back to January 1st of this year. So next year, it would be the tax cuts would be for next year's filings, but it would be retroactive to January 1st from whenever the time it uh, does get signed. We'll talk more about this coming up this morning. Idaho Legislature, we talk every Thursday and Friday. Senators, we'll be talking with them coming up this morning. A lot of it's going to have to do with taxes in our conversations. That's coming up at about 8.35. Right now, time for a final check on sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Well, there's no football on Saturday this week, but there are some pretty important games coming up. Only three games remain in the 2021 NFL playoffs. The Cincinnati Bengals were the first team to advance to play in the NFC title game after they beat the Tennessee Titans on Saturday in the divisional round. The San Francisco 49ers were next. They outstood the Green Bay Packers. The 49ers will play the Los Angeles Rams, who downed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. And the Bengals will play the Kansas City Chiefs, who went at home on Sunday over the Buffalo Bills. And then you've got a week off before you get ready for the Super Bowl. The first game on Sunday will be the Bengals at the Chiefs. That starts at, let's see, that's 1 o'clock local time on CBS. The second game will be on Fox. It begins at 4.30 in the afternoon. That's the 49ers and Rams. I'm Rick Worthington. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.51, open phones Friday, brought to you by Fast Eddie's in Meridian. It's your day starting off a little slow. You need a little pick-me-up. Fast Eddie's has over 300 energy drinks for you to choose from. You don't, need, you don't need to try them all the, the first day. But. <laughs> I would suggest that you don't try them all the first day. But, yeah. I mean, to give you an example, for instance, there are, like Monster. I don't like the taste of Monster. Okay. Uh, I, I don't like the taste. What's the one with the wings that gives you wings? Um, Red Bull. Red Bull. I don't like the taste of those. 
Um, but with over 300, I have found some energy drinks that I really do enjoy the taste of. Uh, you might find the same thing. Get into Fast Eddie's uh, today. Um, but, our, but you're right. The best energy drinks, as far as I'm concerned, are the ones that don't taste anything like an energy drink. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank writes in, uh, email Mike at KBY.com. I keep hearing you guys talk about crisis standards of cares for Idaho hospitals are in effect right now. Uh, well, first of all, before I read the rest of your email, they're not for all Idaho hospitals. Crisis standards of care uh, went into effect earlier this week just for um, health districts in southern Idaho, southeastern and southwestern, central, southern Idaho, all those hospitals and health districts. The rest of the state is not. Um, however, if we keep seeing shortness of blood, blood supply and hospital beds, you could see that happening in the rest of the state. But as of right now, it's just those parts of the state. Anyway, it goes on, uh, why are we in crisis mode if experts say um, that Omicron isn't as serious as the uh, Delta variant? Um, basically, it has to do with the large number of people. We have record-setting numbers every day now because of how easily it is transmitted between people. Uh, much easier to transmit Omicron variant than it was the Delta variant, uh, according to medical experts. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, basically, you ask a question, um, Dr. Stephen Nemerson, Chief Clinical Officer St. Alphonsus, was asked this earlier uh, this week in a uh, press conference. I'll let him kind of say what are the primary reasons for hospitalizations for COVID patients right now. Well, the primary reason is still respiratory um, disease, and some handful of those patients progress to respiratory failure. Fortunately, um, particularly with Omicron, the overall number of patients that progress may be high, but that's a factor of the overall number of people getting infected. Most will do well with a short hospital stay, but we're being overwhelmed with just the total number of community members that are getting infected to begin with. And then we are seeing the same thing that we saw with all the other variants, that this virus can infect other organ systems, particularly the nervous system, the kidneys, and the blood system. Um, earlier this morning, we talked about from the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare that 13% of all COVID infections have happened in January, since the beginning of the pandemic. Is that right? 13% have happened just yeah, so this would... month of the total. So we'd seen this this new variant is much more contagious. Yeah. And that's, by the way, is just for Idaho. That's not nationwide. That's just here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been over 50,000 infections just the month of January alone. John has written in and said, I would have to agree that inflation is not totally bad. Most everyone uses it. Take home ownership, for instance. You purchase a home property, this locking in the price. Then over time, with some amount of inflation going forward, you are paying back those borrowed dollars with less valuable dollars because of inflation. How do you think real estate investors make their millions? They just exploit this enough and are able to stuff their pockets with money because of economics of scale. And you're, you're exactly right. Inflation is, is not bad, but hyperinflation is, is not necessarily good. Um, the feds try to keep inflation at around one and a half to two and a half percent. For whatever reason, they consider that the healthy amount of inflation. Um, we currently have 7%. So, you know, 5%, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big percentage over what feds usually consider a healthy amount of inflation. Um, just to prove this point, because we just got this uh, in from uh, Mark, um, this is why we are 
having such a problem with inflation right now. This is an email, and he uh, said this is what was posted in a local restaurant that I just went to on their front door. Fryer oil, $21 12 months ago. Six months ago, $35. Today, $45. This one's crazy. Chicken wings was $45 a case 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. Today, it's $175 a case. Wow. That's almost four times as much. Takeout boxes. You know, the box you put your food in when you want to take them home with you or if you're just there to pick up food. Right. 12 months ago, $25. Today, $95. Holy Toledo. This is the same for our cleaning paper that food would, we use. That would explain why the other day I had a, uh, a hamburger that cost eighteen ninety nine. Exactly. Um, so if you see a few dollars added to your meal, this is the way we are going to continue to stay in business. Shop local, eat local. I, I will tell you, to give you another example of that, um, a restaurant we talk about here every day as uh, one of our sponsors of our sports program. A year ago, they were able to buy uh, bacon for two twenty five a pound. You know what that is now? No. $8 a pound. And they go through about 350, 300, 350 pounds of bacon. A year ago, they were paying about 750 to $800 a week for bacon. Their cost of bacon now is $2,800 a week <laughs> in just one year. So if you wonder why restaurants are raising their prices. Kind of surprised they haven't doubled them. Yeah. Um, and they've done a good job of holding their, their money down. We'll take a break. Uh, news coming up here at the top of the hour, plus our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. We'll get to that for you to start working on right after traffic. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, already seeing about a 600-point swing in the stock market between uh, the 300 points um, in the earlier pre-trading to uh, now. Stock market is down about uh, 300 points That's, as of right well, now. Ah, it's a good thing that uh, the stock market and the economy aren't the same thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, as we have so often been told. Right? Yes, uh, it's just that if you have uh, your your whole retirement into the uh, stock market and you're looking at next year or the year after as being the time you're going to retire, you're probably going. It's, Wait a minute! It's a, it's a little harder to look at the numbers and go. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daryl and Boise, um, thank you for being very patient, waiting there through the news. Um, thanks for being on. Good morning. You're on News Talk ABY. Good morning. Thank you. I was wanting to talk a minute about the second opinion panel discussion that Senator Ron Johnson held last Monday. Okay. Um, and our Dr. Ryan Cole here in town was on it. Dr. McCulloch was on it. Dr. Malone was on it. All of these people that are very into the COVID uh, testing and hospital uses and whatever, it was a very interesting five-hour-long discussion about the problems they're having reporting and the doctors being feeling like they're censored on what they're reporting. But if you're interested at all on the how the hospitals and how the medicines are determined, it's a very good program to listen to. It's going to be put on again this Sunday on American Online American One American News at seven AM. And you can find it also on rumple.com if you search under Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson. All right. Thank you, Daryl. Appreciate the call. 
Yeah, You're good information. Have a good day. You too. Okay. Uh, could be a good thing to watch, you know? Uh, Mary in Nampa writes in, as a rape victim in my younger years, I do not need a bunch of old white men advising me about my body. Fly the flag for rape and incest victims instead of abortions. She's talking about the uh, resolution in the uh, House this week. Uh, about of, The Day of Tears. Day of Tears, um, getting a resolution to fly flags at half staff for one day we we heard from well, the legislators yesterday that said they they're not even sure that this as is far as, legal to yeah, do as, as far as they were concerned uh it would be odd to uh, pass a bill commemorating something that goes on in the state that they consider to be bad but that they ha- still have as perfectly legal right. yeah right so um Thanks for that. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, no name on this one. Uh, another email. When do, you, uh, when do you ask our legislators when they're going to reclaim their legislative powers from the governor by res- rescinding his state of emergency? We are not in a state of emergency other than the one created by the governor as opposed to the virus because he has not rescinded the order. State of emergency is not an emergency. If it's lasting indefinitely, two years is far too long. I think if they've, if that was really the will of the legislature, I think they would have done it by now. I'm. I was going to ask the question: Is the legislature able to say, "Hey, I know the governor declared the emergency, but we're we're going to take it away from him"? I, I don't even know if they can do that. They probably can. Um, also, as far as how long a state of emergency lasts, I, I don't know if there's any place anywhere that says a state of emergency can only last this finite of a period, or if if it can last, you know, your definition of a state of emergency would basically be your opinion, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. Not, hey, this is too long based on the Constitution. Constitution doesn't say it. Um, you know, state law, state constitution, Idaho state constitution doesn't say how long a state of emergency. Well, I mean, that's the sort of uh, sentence that you could say, in my opinion, it's gone on long enough. Right. And, and, and that's a perfectly valid point because there are a lot of people that think that we're no longer in a state of emergency. However, there are others based on what's happening with crisis standards of care and the large number of um, infections in the state that we possibly might be in a state of emergency. And I also believe that there there can't there is a, a finite number for a, a state of emergency if the governor declares a state of emergency um, that it has to be renewed again, if I remember right. And I think the governor just did that at the first of this year. I think. Don't hold me to that, but I, th- I think that is, is the case. Okay. Uh, Alan in Eagle, good morning. You're on uh, News Talk, KBOI. Hey, good morning, man. Um, I wanted to comment, since we can on Fridays, on that teacher that had the hockey pucks taped underneath the desk. Mm-hmm. And was going to have the uh, kids throw the hockey pucks at an active shooter right. if they came into that the was classroom. Just, it was just right. an idea, though, wasn't it? Right. Right. I think, I think, number one, two points real quick. I think, number one, that's a real great idea, although I feel sorry for the teacher because I'm sure a wave of liberal teachers were stoning her for not having the shooter talk about the shooter's feelings and his, his or her backgrounds instead of being proactive and trying to defend themselves. But as a suggestion during recess, I don't know what age those kids were, 
they should get one of those dummies and put it out in the field and give the kids a handful of hockey pucks and let them practice throwing. <laughs> let the them practice. Pucks. Yeah, they could get gym credit for that. <laughs> um, well, I could get gym credit. They're getting physical exercise, and their aim is going to get better. <laughs> uh, I believe this was a high school class because it was a Spanish class. Um, she was a Spanish uh, teacher, so I think it, it was be a high school high. class. Could be junior high. Well, then, it, with a little practice, if there's 20 or 30 of them in a classroom, let's say 30% hits the guy in the face, that's going to do some damage. Man, if you can get 30% of the people to hit somebody, a target that small, that's, there doing, are, that's doing pretty good. There are nights when Boise State is lower than that in free throws. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep warm, you guys. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. KBY News Time is eight fourteen. We'll take a break here uh, for Bronco Sports today. When we come back, I have a chance for you to win the uh, four tickets, family four pack of tickets to the Boise Golf and Travel Show coming up the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. With our damn near impossible question, that's on the way next. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 822, golf and travel show, 10th, 11th, and 12th, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Thursday kicks off with uh, VIP. Usually it's through the weekend, but that is Super Bowl weekend this year because of the extended week of the season. So uh, they don't want to compete against the Super Bowl, so it will be running Thursday, Friday, and uh, Saturday this year. Have a chance to win. Bill, you have a chance at our uh, question this morning. You get the first crack at it. There are a lot of misspellings on the NHL's Stanley Cup. However, one of those misspellings is uh, one team city. Which city on the Stanley Cup is misspelled? Boston. They spelled it with a B Q instead of a B O in nineteen seventy one. Um, believe it or not, they misspelled it with two Qs. <laughs> the um, oh, okay, yeah. they they spelled it B Q S T Q N. The okay. The I don't even know how you pronounce that. The Bacuquinson Bruins. Bacuquinson Bruins. I don't. Know. Oh, but Bacuistic Bacuin. Congratulations, Bill. Are you a golfer? Oh, yes, definitely. All right. Well, then you got four tickets. You and uh, three of your buddies or family members are headed to the Boise Golf and Travel Show, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Uh, It's going to be going on at Expo Idaho. Hang on the line. Uh, Congratulations. Um, Coming up, uh, we've got news, bottom of the hour, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with uh, Idaho State Senators this morning. Uh, During the legislative session, we always talk every Thursday and Friday with the lawmakers about laws being made. Um, you know, this is the thing you're not supposed to watch, but we talk about it. It's watching the sausage get made behind yeah, the scenes. That's right. Um, David Nelson, representative from Moscow, and uh, also Jim Rice, representative from Caldwell. Uh, we'll be talking with them coming up here in just about 10 minutes on News Talk KBOI. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Senators joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. It is 8.33. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. And on the phone line with us, uh, we have Senator David Nelson, District 5 in Moscow, member of the Senate Agricultural Affairs Committee, Senate Education Committee, and the Senate Transportation Committee. Thanks for taking time to talk with us this morning. Thank you, Ed. Good good morning to everyone. It's nice to be on today and nice to have a sunny day for once. Yeah, so. uh, <laughs> it is nice. Maybe this inversion uh, can get out of here. You're, you're not used to that being from uh, the uh, Genesee, Moscow area, right? Uh, we, we get a few inversions, too, <laughs> up there. 
Um, so far, we're uh, just a little under a month into this legislative session, and uh, right now it seems like the biggest overall thing that everybody, including uh, the lawmakers, are talking about um, is, is taxes. And we saw that the $600 million Idaho tax cut is now headed to the full Senate for a uh, vote. How soon will you be voting on that, do you think? Uh, it'll be, uh, I think Tuesday, it'll be up for a vote unless they suspend the, unless we suspend the rules to push it. But Tuesday would be the normal schedule. Tuesday would be, um, how, how are you going to vote on this? Uh, I'm going to vote. No, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I think some, some tax relief is a, is an appropriate part of, uh, dealing with our deficit, but I think this goes about it the wrong way. Uh, we have a really significant property tax cut tax problem in Idaho, uh, not just in the Treasure Valley. It affects us a lot up in Latah, Benoit, Nespers County that I represent. Uh, and I would try to help that. Uh, one idea I think that would be important is we could we could send some more money, to use, use $200 million of that, send it to the schools and ask the schools to reduce taxes or require them. Uh, $200 million would buy about $100 million of property tax relief, and it would, it would eliminate the levies in almost half the schools in the, in the state. Uh, and if you look at your property tax bill every year, in, in my neck of the woods, and I think in the Treasure Valley, the, the biggest element of that is the supplemental levies from the schools. So I think it's important to go at that. There's other ideas I, I would use for property tax relief. We need to deal with this. the circuit breaker. We've, we've you know, kicked some people off of that inadvertently who need our help. Uh, and I would go at re-indexing the homeowner's exemption and bring it up to, to where it should be. Are, are there any bills you've seen uh, so far this session that are uh, based around uh, cutting state spending? Cutting state spending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can't say that I've seen a bill that cuts state spending this year. Okay. Uh, there's, you know, we. I have to say, in Idaho, we've been very good at cutting state spending and at sort of starving programs over the years. Uh, education is one of those places. It it might be half our budget, but we're still the least. Uh, on a per, per student basis, the least funded uh, state in the country. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's nice to say that, that, that money doesn't fix everything, but money is a critical component of education. It's, it's, if we can't pay our teachers a fair wage, they're going to move, move to our neighboring states. Uh, where they can get a fair uh, wage and where they're more respected for, their, for what they do. Um, would it be fair to say, it sounds like, and just in talking to you here um, just this morning, that property tax would be your number one priority when it comes to taxes? Is that fair to say? It, it, for sure. Property taxes is, is my number one priority. Is it possible that property taxes, uh, income taxes, and the rebate that is being going to be voted on next Tuesday, uh, possible that you can address all of those, including another thing that has all of a sudden um, this year, as it has almost every single year for the past decade, uh, repealing the grocery tax. Can all three of those be done uh, where we have such a huge surplus? Well, I don't think on an ongoing basis they could be all all be done. Uh, We probably could give some one-time property tax relief 
Uh, I think repealing the grocery tax on a one-time basis would be really problematic. Uh, uh, so I don't know that you can fit all those things in and also do uh, all the capital investments that the governor's proposed and to, to, I mean, I would applaud the governor for his proposals to incrementally fund teacher pay and the insurance bill, which will be going through uh, next week that puts the the our school teachers on the state insurance plan, which is a, a better plan and will cover their families in a better way. Is is there a way that uh, the legislature could just do something to make housing more affordable or keep it affordable in, in Idaho? Well, I think I think reindexing the homeowners exemption would help with that because part of our unaffordability is the increase in property tax. Uh, you know, I, the legislature can, can uh, uh, I was going to say we could promote more growth, but we are already promote growth very aggressively. So it's not, you know, we, you know fundamentally we need more houses uh, to, 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 so the, the prices will be more controlled or would, would be pushed down. Uh, I don't think anything, I mean, I, I think dealing with the tax situation and, and making sure that the, there's the developable land and, and that when we develop uh, new, new subdivisions in any part of the state, that we have the resources for local government to support those. Um, you know, I think impact fees, uh, allowing, you know, it's, it's, you know, one of my mantras is, is use user fees and, and really have the growth in housing in different places pay for the the infrastructure you need in roads in police in schools and and we do part of that now but we don't do it for for schools but in particular you you know you build a new subdivision and and the schools only get money as uh, population grows they don't really get more money for uh, just you know to build the, the to build the buildings in the first place and and we have a pretty big problem in school facilities in the state uh, there's going to be a, a an Office of Performance Evaluation study released in the next week or so that talks about that. And it's got some really striking numbers that I'd encourage people to look at. Uh, you know, I think we've dropped a, a, a billion dollars in the last 10 years on uh, on uh, how we've maintained our schools, and we need to do better than that. I mean, it, it's resulted in a, a very old and under-maintained set of school buildings that we have. Once again, we're talking with uh, Senator David Nelson this morning, uh, District 5 in Moscow. Senator, you had mentioned um, re-indexing property taxes. What would that look like, you know, if, if you could have your druthers on how that would look like? What would you want that to look like? Uh, I, I think the overall goal for me is to, is to protect half the value of the average price house from property taxes. That's really what the homestead in, uh, uh exemption was originally thought of, and I think that's a, a, a good aspiration. Uh, to, to get to that now, we need to, to bring the current uh, exemption up to like $200,000 instead of the current 125, and then we would need to index that to housing, housing inflation. So as our housing prices go up, that would just naturally go up, and people need to realize the flip side of that. If housing prices go down, your exemption is going to go down a little bit as well. So, but that, th those are the two components. We need to bring it up to the right level so we cover half the average house and then index it to housing inflation. There's a, a bill coming up that uh, failed last year, and it's about adding 
vaccination injuries to workers' compensation. Do you think that's necessary? Uh, I don't think it's necessary. No, no. I mean, I, I think there's been very ele- very little evidence of vaccine injuries uh, from our, our incredibly safe vaccinations that we have for COVID. In the uh, upcoming weeks, uh, what do you see as far as uh, business, especially stuff that you're interested in, in uh, making sure that it gets done this legislative session? Anything uh, really big upcoming within the next uh, week to two weeks or so? Uh, well, the the, I, the, uh, ins- the insurance state insurance plan for teachers should be up, uh, I'd say, by the end of next week. Uh, it's been a strange session in that we don't have a lot of bills printed or ha- had hearings happening on. Uh, so that's, it's been slow, and I can't think everybody's waiting for the other shoe to drop on what's coming. Uh, one priority for me is is things to help the. Uh, behavioral health in Idaho, mental health and substance abuse. Well, we had a, uh, the last year we've spent developing a new strategic plan for that, and some of the actions out of that plan are happening now. Uh, I have a resolution with uh, the other uh, legislators who were on that next week that deals with resiliency in children and using a tool called ACEs to, uh, to, to identify where we have problems and, and then using treatments to do that. There's going to be a bill on civil commitments, which is how we deal with uh, people have to be involuntarily uh, committed to one of our uh, our uh, mental health uh, folks. And in the end, we need to really make sure we establish the funding for this, especially for the recovery centers in rural Idaho. Our recovery centers have been incredibly successful in helping people, uh, helping help having them be able to help themselves. And I think we need to get that funding established. And I think the opioid settlement money will be uh, a a good long-term source for that. Senator uh, Jim Rice is going to be with us coming up here next. Uh, Senator David Nelson, thank you very much uh, for being with us, taking some time here this morning. Appreciate it. I'm sure um, we'll be talking to you before the end of the legislature, especially since now it seems like legislatures uh, every year are going to go on through December. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, it is, it is striking. Every bill that we're printing this year has an emergency clause because we're afraid that we're going to go on all year long. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Thank you for being with us this morning. Um, Appreciate it very much. All right. Take care. KBY Newstime, 844. As mentioned, um, we have uh, Senator Jim Rice, District 10 at Caldwell, would be with us. We'll be talking about property taxes because uh, he has been a big part of House Mm -hmm. Bill 389 last year. Um, And yet we're looking at property taxes again this year. We'll talk with the senator on the way next. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Senators joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. And with us now on the phone, Republican Senator Jim Rice, District 10 at Caldwell, his uh, sixth term, chair of the uh, Senate Local Government and Taxation Committee, Members, uh, also member of the Senate Transportation Committee. Uh, Senator Rice, thanks for being with us here this morning. Glad to be with you. I want to uh, pick up uh, talking about property taxes, and uh, one of the big reasons I want to talk about that is uh, because just last year, House Bill uh, 389 uh, went through, and we're still talking about property taxes again this year, that people want want to see changes uh, in the bill that was passed last year. 
Um, what 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 were the problems with last year's bill that didn't get done that now we have to look at this year again? Well, last year's bill fixed the biggest uh, driver in tax increases, and that was the extra tax increase everybody got from the new construction formula. So new, under that formula we had before last year, new construction added more to the budget than new construction would pay in taxes. And that additional addition to the, those budgets was paid by all the rest of us that have been here a while. And that was actually a bigger increase on average than um, shifts between property tax types. But we didn't fix the shifts last year, which is something that I'm working with the assessors on. And we hope to have a couple of pieces of legislation this year that actually deal with that in a way that's not just going to hurt some people to give part of the people some relief from it. So actually deal with the problem instead of nibbling around the edges in ways that hurt people part of the time and help people part of the time. Would it be better to just leave HB 389 as is right now or to get rid of it and then redo it? Way better to leave it um, because if you got rid of it and redid it, you would end up reinstating those extra tax increases that everybody was getting, and they were significant. Um, 389 actually had a very beneficial effect, and there were even a lot of people that saw actual tax relief as a result of 389, and others saw the increases in their taxes were greatly reduced. So in making changes to 389, um, what specifically are, are we going to be looking at, and who is it going to help? The changes to 389 are just cleanup. Um Expiring urban renewal districts are supposed to come in out not subject to the 8% cap, and they come in at 80%. So 20% of that value goes to reducing people's taxes. Um, that was especially important in Caldwell, where we have a rather large one expiring. Um, we're closing the loophole that uh, one taxing entity in Ada County considered using 20% foregone to really raise people's taxes. They backed off from it, but we're going to close the loophole. So that can't happen. And then we're going to turn to some some things to take out the spikes from when you have a couple of years of really rapid increases. Um, that's a, by using five-year rolling average for assessed values. So that would help us um, for what's happened over the last couple of years? Yeah, it uh, slows down those increases in assessed value, which then translates into less shift year over year uh, in those spike years. Um, it doesn't completely eliminate shifts, and that's why we're working on what I'm calling a long-term ownership exemption or a dynamic exemption, and we're just trying to get it right. Um, it has some passing similarity to prop 13 but it doesn't we're trying to do it without the problems that prop 13 caused are you working on something right now that would take more of the funding of uh, state government uh, away from using property taxes for it well none of state government is 
funded with property taxes. You have local governments funded with property taxes. We're actually, we have a number of things. It's like the governor's dedicating hundreds of millions, a couple hundred million to education um, that should reduce the uh, the need for the supplemental levies, although I doubt that they'll take it that way. Um, we're also working on something that would allow the citizens by county to, sh- to change further off of property tax onto something like sales tax for some of that budget at the local level. So working on ideas, we'll print some. Uh, we may even get one run this year that would do some of that. Let's uh, switch gears, talk a little bit about the uh, $600 million Idaho tax cut, uh, which is headed to the uh, full Senate. You guys will vote on it next week. Um, are, are you going to vote yes on this? I'm carrying it. It's my bill. So I would say um, yes, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that would be a big yes. The fact is, is this is the largest tax cut in the history of the state. It's, it's real money in the, in the pockets of our citizens, and it's everybody that pays state income tax and everybody that that uh, is an Idaho resident and gets the grocery credit is going to get money back in, into their pockets. This is money we've already collected. Um, and um, so it's it's real money. It's a big tax cut, and it'll benefit our citizens. It's kind of interesting because the two when when Boise State asked Idaho citizens what kind of tax relief should be done, property tax and income tax were right at identical. They yeah, were thirty-seven percent. And those were the two highest priorities. And we're actually going to do things that address both. Um, we're also going to be fully funding maintenance on local roads um, and state roads with large increases, $200 million ongoing, and also stuff, $200 million for addressing current needs. And that's on top of $80 million ongoing that we put in last year. So we really are addressing things that right now are are pressing the property tax up uh, because we do have local roads that are using right. uh, property tax for maintenance and we're going to be covering that in in this budget and on an ongoing basis so the reality is is we're dressing both right all right um, at the same time Senator Jim Rice, District 10 of Caldwell, thank you uh, for taking a few minutes and talking with us this morning. I know you got work to get to today, but appreciate you taking the time. Always a pleasure. KBY News Time is 8.58. Phone lines are open. Open phones Friday. Continue. So, uh, also email us, mike at kboi.com. If you want to get through, you can also uh, send us an instant message. Email chris at kboi.com. Uh, once again, um, if you want to get through today, it is Open Phones Friday. We can talk about uh, whatever you want to talk about. It's brought to you by Fast Eddie's uh, in Meridian. If you want to talk about the uh, tax cuts, you've just heard uh, both of our state senators talk about this morning. Uh, go ahead and weigh in on that. You can also talk once again uh, about, if you would like, uh, uh, about the uh, grocery tax. We didn't mm-hmm. get to grocery uh 
tax too much. Um, we ran out of time oh, a little bit there. Jim but, Rice is, is pretty passionate about property tax. Yeah. Um, and and he was the one that carried the bill last year to uh, get that passed through. So I wanted to see some of those fixes. So any of those things that you'd like to weigh in on today, we can do that. Or if you have something else that you'd like to talk about, uh, please feel free. Once again, our phone number is 208-336-3700. Toll free 1-800-529-5264. Yes, we're uh, got a little extra time to talk that yeah. I didn't realize uh, there than we normally uh, do this morning. Yeah, we got thirty-five more seconds. Thirty-five more seconds. Um, uh, once again, we have uh, tickets. Let's do that right now. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through this morning and go to the game next week, San Jose State, Boise State. Hopefully, they will be going for win number fifteen if they can beat Fresno State tonight, which you will hear here on. Uh, 670 KBOI. They're going for their record number 14th win in a row. Next week, you'll have a chance to go. Caller number 6, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Caller 6, you've got those tickets. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Getting to the 9 o'clock hour on a Friday morning. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can always be a part of the show by giving us a call. It is Open Phones Friday. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Could be something we're talking about today. Could be talking about uh, the senators that we just talked about and the things they talked about. Or uh, maybe uh, something from earlier in the week or something we haven't talked about at all that you want to bring up. Here's your chance to do it, especially over this final hour. Our phone lines are open once again, 208-336-3700, That's toll-free from wherever you might be listening, uh, pound 670. If you have a Verizon phone, you can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, or you can text us if you would like, same as our main number. By the way, sweet deals on sale right now, R&R Barbecue. I haven't checked. Maybe they're there, maybe they're gone. It is 9.06. It usually sells out fast, but uh, if you want to check it out, I would immediately... Go to KBOI.com, click on the Sweet Deals link, $50 worth of fantastic barbecue. And Chris and I have both been there. Um, it's hard to get bar- bad barbecue, but there's this really good barbecue. Two locations here in the Treasure Valley. $50 worth of gift certificates right now for only 25 bucks. Krusty the Clown said, I highly endorse this product <laughs> or service. But yeah, we do, for, for sure. Um, Roddy... Lockett, congratulations. He was uh, caller number six, picked up a pair of tickets to what hopefully will uh, be a chance to see Boise State going for another record 15th win in a row. Now, to do that, they have to win tonight at Fresno State. That's not going to be easy. Fresno State is undefeated at home. Oh, boy. So, but Boise State, here's the thing. Boise State has done this a couple of times already this year. They ended San Diego State's 16-game home, home win, win streak. Yeah. Um, Fresno State just has a six-game home win streak um, that they can put an end to tonight. Piece of cake. <laughs> Fingers crossed. By the <laughs> way, if they do win tonight, this will be a new record for Boise State all-time basketball team's uh, winning streak. Uh, right now they're tied at 13, which ties last year's record. So if they can win tonight. Um, they can get to that brand-new record. See, what you want to do is win 14 games in a row to close out the season. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome including six in the tournament. That would be awesome. 
Um, and I, I, I'm agreeing, and there's still a lot of basketball to be played, but Bob Beeler has, has said the same thing. I totally agree with him. The winner of the Mountain West regular season this year is going to go to the NCAA tournament. Even though they don't get an automatic bid, you have to win the tournament, um, the Mountain West tournament to get the automatic bid. But this, especially the top five teams in the league, top six teams in the league yeah. are so good this year. If you win... Um, the the Mountain West regular season, even if you say like Boise State has done in the past, won the regular season and lost in the first game of the Mountain West, which is uh, ended up not going to the what's that tournament te- technical term for that tanking tanking yeah, yeah. Uh, screwing up something like that. But anyway, just a reminder: if you want to listen to the action tonight, you can hear it all. It will be played on six seventy KBOI. For those of you who are not basketball fans, maybe you're not big Bronco fans, uh, you can hear regular programming. This is the great thing about the change <laughs> in KBOI. Regular programming will be on ninety three point one FM. The basketball game will yeah, be the, on six seventy AM. The, the talk shows will continue, and you can tune in if you please. Uh, Mike Boise, it is Open Phones Friday. Good morning. What do you want to talk about today? Well, I talked to you earlier uh, this week about the homeless uh, protest at the courthouse, and uh, I drove down there yesterday just to, to look at it, and uh, I also did some checking around. There are bed space at a lot of these homeless shelters. Uh, there's there's plenty of space right there right now. But the thing that infuriated me is they have degraded and disgraced the 9-11 memorial with placards and signs and taped up things on the flagpole and that's a that's a memorial to the people that were killed from idaho in the war and the the homeless people down there this is a protest of protest to protest and but it just i don't understand Uh, i don't understand why the state hasn't went and taken all those placards down you can let them still protest in their camp but to uh it's, it'd be like uh, going to the cemetery where your father's buried and uh, putting a sign up saying, we want uh, something free and we want to use our drugs, too. <laughs> um, you know, I just I, I saw it. And, you know, I understand the older you get, you start understanding there are people that need help. And I'm all in favor of that. And I give money for that. But these people don't want to abide by the rules. And but then to disgrace a memorial for the Idahoans that have given their lives, uh, I just don't get it. Yeah, and, and as of right now, the last time I checked, and I haven't checked for a couple of days, you know, because the complaint is, hey, there's no place for homeless to stay right now. Um, and, and as you had mentioned, there are openings around the Treasure Valley. The last time I had checked, the only one that is still full is Interfaith Sanctuary. And, and they're over full, as a matter of fact. They're continuing to ask for sleeping bags and any help like that so that they could put people, especially as cold as it was last night, I think it got down to 15, so that people can still have, you know, heated rooms, even though it's only a tent. Uh, but Interface Sanctuary is is only the only one right now that I have I could see earlier this week, and it may be different now, that was full. You're right, all the others still had room. If, if you're trying to get people on your side, though, defacing a memorial is never the way to do it. No. No, no, and and I had lunch with a couple guys that are both veterans, and uh, I can't repeat all the words they said on the on the <laughs> radio, obviously. Uh, but but again, it just kind of got me in the gut. It's like, why do you have to do that? What what is uh, you know uh, if they painted a, a swastika on it, I'm sure uh, there'd be people protesting that. At least I would hope. Uh, but anyway, have a good weekend. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Rich and Boise. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, yeah, 
I want to talk about, well, you know, the same people that uh, are, excuse me, that, uh, you know, don't want to take vaccines because they were unproven, untested. Uh, They were, you know, an experimental vaccine and all this kind of stuff. They're now complaining about the monoclonal antibodies, uh, which are unproven, untested, unapproved, untested. You know, but they're willing to take those. The, the southern states and Idaho relied on those monoclonal antibodies because we had such low vaccination rates. You know, it just, I don't know, it's just kind of, you know, they, they, they say one thing, that they don't want all that stuff in their body, but they're willing to take something that's actually worse for you. you know, Some, sometimes uh, I think the point of it is that whatever the government is telling you straight out, you're supposed to believe 180 degrees different than that. And, and I think that's just the way some people are. They're skeptical of just about everything. Well, but why didn't they, why did they buy into the monoclonal antibodies? Because of the government. Did. The yeah, government was, it wasn't the government explaining it to exactly. them. It was somebody else. The government wasn't forcing them to do it or, you know, e- even pushing it. So it's like, oh, this has got to be better. I'm not saying, you know, everybody thinks that, but I, I think Chris is right. It's like, hey, if the government says I have to do this or I should do this, I don't believe the government. I'm going to do something the government isn't pushing, monoclonal so, antibodies. So they didn't take the vaccines because the government suggested they take the vaccines. Yeah, I didn't say there was logic involved. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it just it, it just it just kind of puzzles me. Uh, the, I mean, even these governors, like you know, like DeSantis, won't even admit if he got vaccinated vaccinated or not. But he's really upset about the monoclonal antibodies. He hasn't been against them, but I don't know. I just. Uh, because you know those, you know the monoclonal antibodies, they they used to work really well, but they're not they're not good for you. Uh, you know they're they're not like getting a shot of penicillin. You you don't want to get those unless you have to. You know, and I mean it'll save it'll save your life. I think probably but, the best they, thing you can do if you want to turn around the thoughts on monoclonal uh, antibodies is have the government saying, "All right, we're going to mandate that everybody <laughs> has to take monoclonal antibodies," and you would see the uh, whole narrative change. I, I think. And, and I think DeSantis, like a lot of the governors, is is not against vaccinations per se, just the mandate. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, taxpayer writes in, says, "Did I, if that is your real name, um, did I understand this correctly? The tax relief we are getting is that our tax increase would be bigger had they not given us tax relief. We hear that just about every year, actually. <laughs> Meaning our taxes are going up, but not as much as it should well, okay, because they is... took too much to begin with. So then they're helping us by not taking more than they are supposed to. It feels like when I got the, uh, got the belly and dad used to, bellyache and dad used to say, it's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. That would be sure a spanking, wouldn't it? I think it's spanking. Uh, I don't even know how you uh, would have got spell check to change that. <laughs> Oh, the belt, probably. Oh, the belt. There yeah. you go. That makes a little more sense. So when I got the belt, not bellyache, and Dad used to say it's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt yeah. me more than it's which, going to hurt you. Which was not true, by the way. No. It never was. Dad was a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Two, break time. 208-336-3700, pound 670. On your Verizon wireless, we'll take a quick break. More of your phone calls and emails. A lot of emails to get to. Uh, If you want to get through quickly, though, easy way to do it, call us up, 208-336-3700.
For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 919, it is Open Phones Friday once again. If you want to get through, it's brought to you by Fast Eddie's in Meridian on Eagle Road. And uh, with the sunshine today, you might want to get in and get yourself an express car wash. Uh, and when you get that express full-service car wash, you can get 30 cents a gallon uh, off your fill-up. So if you're running low, it's sun finally shining. Maybe you can get yourself car wash, get into Fast Eddie's, get 30 cents off, and uh, get yourself a freshly washed car wash. I want to remind you, uh, Nate Shellman is off this afternoon. Big Jim Smith. We'll be filling in for Nate. By the way, the Jim Smith, Big Jim Smith, is a liar. Is he? Yeah, because he he calls himself Big Jim Smith, and yet he's smaller than both you and I. Can he can he still be big? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You can still be really big and be smaller than the two. <laughs> He'll be filling in for Nate this afternoon uh, and uh, guest on his show. There are neighborhoods that are smaller <laughs> than you. <laughs> Senator Mike Crapo uh, will be on with Big, Je- big Jim Smith this afternoon just after 3 o'clock. So uh, you want to listen in there this afternoon uh, just because, number one, Nate's not there. There's a good reason to listen, and Big Jim Smith will be filling in. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at that. The Dow, after being down 300 points, uh, over 300 points just 60. an hour ago, now up 60 points. All right. Uh, Whee! <laughs> Roller coaster continues. Uh, email Mike I'm, at KBOI. I'm, I'm wondering if this is a good get rich quick scheme or not. <laughs> uh, email in Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, can't believe we're still getting emails about this, but okay. Uh, the athletes that you guys were talking about yesterday in uh, soccer have been dropping. Not all are dying, but there has been an increased number dropping. You just don't see them on mainstream media. I've watched them all on alternative forms of news. You can also verify the increased deaths because FIFA has a list of all the athletes who have died on the field and which year they died. It used to be one every few years. Admittedly, soccer is more popular now, but the numbers have exploded since 2001. No, let's, that doesn't have anything to do with uh, the vaccine if it's been happening since 2001. <laughs> or 2021, sorry. 2021. Oh, okay, well, that does have um, something to do with it. Yeah, that, once again, this has been completely and fully debunked. FIFA has come out and said not one person died on the pitch in 2021. Um, some of the people that are being shown in these videos have been proven to have either not been vaccinated or have died and were shown as videos. Hey, look, this is another soccer player you know, the, the who was dropping the, and collapsing. The collapsing. And, and it happened in 2013, which was before yeah. COVID was even around. The collapsing doesn't surprise me at all. Have you ever played soccer? <laughs> it is absolutely <laughs> exhausting. And if you watch a soccer game, people collapse all the time. A lot of times it's because they get headbutted or yeah, hit or, or... Or they're just drunk in or, the stands. <laughs> so, or the stands fall on them or something. Just, just to put an end to this... Once and for all, um, the the FIFA soccer players. Um, once again, this was this was a rumor that got started on yeah. social media that over one hundred and eight FIFA, FIFA soccer players. Thing. FIFA says the whole thing isn't true. Yeah, so. a, had died since being vaccinated. A hundred percent. Yeah, debunked. If, if if most of the media isn't reporting something, it doesn't mean that it's being covered up. It might mean that it isn't true. It's just a possibility. Yeah. Concerned Citizen writes in and says it really sounds like the problemed homeless are the drug users. So easy solution, put them in prison. That's where they get to stay. Problem solved. Why is this so difficult to understand? Every news station reports it. Every group trying to help them uses it to try to gain sympathy, I guess. 
Why are they above the law and not in prison for doing drugs? They are admitting crimes and caught red-handed. My guess is that out of practicality, the state knows that it would cost more to take care of them in prison than it would to actually give them a house. I, I, I was just going to say the same thing. If you're going to... Put not, all the homeless not in that prison. Give them a house, but you know. But no, but you could afford to. Right. If you're going to put every person in prison, it costs on average about twenty five thousand yeah. dollars per year. If you think for of, every person in the state of Idaho that's in prison, if you think of prison as like the Tower of London, where you lock somebody away and they're never seen again, that's not how prison works. No. So if you're gonna, I mean, first of all, legality. Hey, it's illegal to lock somebody up just for being homeless. Um, well, but, not, but not for doing drugs, though. But you would, uh, it, uh, they still have due process. Mm-hmm. You have to prove that you can't just assume everybody who's homeless is doing drugs and, and just lock up, you know, everybody. They, they have to, A, be caught, mm-hmm. B, go through the court system, and then they can either go to jail or what, whatnot. But if your if you're answer to the problem, like, like you and I both said, is just lock them up and take care of the problem, if that's if that's your answer, why not just give them a twenty five thousand dollar per year apartment, each one of them, because that's how much it's costing as taxpayers if you're going to lock them up and put them in prison. A friend of mine said that when he first visited here, he thought this was a very friendly community because he saw people giving each other vaccinations underneath the, the overpass. <laughs> and what a loving place this is! You still see that, except now they're giving COVID vaccinations to each other. Kidding. That was sarcastic. Right. So was the previous thing. Yes. Uh, Rebecca Meridian, thank you uh, for calling. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Um, I I was just calling to give um, a shout out to hospitality people and serving staff in the Treasure Valley. Um, And they um, definitely have some challenges right now with the short, short staff. And also um, with the cost of housing here. So (laughs) my daughter is a server in her 20s, and a lot of the people she knows know have two jobs to pay their their rent. Um, Nobody gets any health insurance. Uh, They're relying on tips alone. And... um, and a lot of them have food insecurity, you know. They don't even have groceries. Yeah. Um, so it's it's tough gig. So um, I just wanted to say thank you to all those young folks, or maybe ages and different. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you could. I think you could go across family. a lot of the different ages, not just young folks that are, um, right. You know, having to do that. But thank you for the call, Rebecca. Appreciate it. And uh, your shout out just went out to uh, everybody listening on News Talk ABOI. Dave writes all in. Right. Thank you. Dave writes in and says, Chris, in all your years, you worked at BSU basketball games. Have you ever seen a fan get ejected from the arena? I saw it happen the other night at the BSU versus Wyoming game. I heard that. A referee stopped the game and ran over to the sideline ref and said something. Then a bunch of police and guys in suits came running over to the other side and escorted a man out. I just wonder what happened. Never saw anything in the news. Did he have a gun or something? I didn't. Uh, see any news about it either it's not that unusual though yeah in, in all the years that i worked basketball games i saw people ejected for uh swearing or harassing somebody like 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 they were yelling you know curse words and there were little kids there or something i've seen people kicked out for that a couple of times i've seen somebody kicked out for fighting and once i saw a guy kicked out because he got disgusted and threw something onto the the uh, basketball floor and and they took him out right away I was listening to uh, 670 
KBOI and Bob Beeler calling and they were describing it and they were mm-hmm. talking about him being kicked out and and he, he said, no, I want him kicked out right now and never heard what the reason was or if he was, you know, yelling obscenities at the referees, which usually they're, they're pretty, I mean, they have blinders on when it comes to that, most referees, and but maybe it just got so bad. I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't know. But And I won't, I'm, I'm not even can make a conjecture on mm-hmm. what happened. But it had to be you know, somewhat serious to say, I want them out and I want them out I'm, right I'm now. I'm guessing he was annoying somebody. KBY Newstime, 926. Uh, we'll take a break. News up next. We'll uh, get to more of your phone calls. It is Open Phones Friday. What do you want to talk about? It's your chance. Final half hour to do it. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Once again, it is Open Phones Friday. Talk about anything you want to talk about. That's what Friday is all about. All you have to do is give us a call. 208-336-3700. Pound 670. If you have a Verizon phone, 1-800-529-5264. That is uh, the toll-free number. You can also email chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. Uh, email in, uh, this person uh, writes, Mike, I'm a little behind here, but I was listening yesterday to the guy that you were beating up about proving what he was saying, and you guys have been extremely pro-vaccine and continue to be, which is your right. But for those of us out there who refuse for any number of reasons listening to your show, we can't help but hear the bias towards vaccines. Most of what you hear on the radio points a rose-colored picture of the vaccines, proven, proven safe and effective. I also can't help but feel as though I'm being fed a bunch of propaganda when the uh, these ads uh, up uh, or when these ads hit my speakers. He's talking about the advertisements on the radio about the vaccines on every channel. And honestly, after the last couple of years of BS from the media, they could say the sky is blue and people are going to question um, whether that really is now. Tucker Carlson interviewed a man named Alex Berenson. And I'm sorry, uh, I'm just a guy that works for a living, so my research skills are limited. But I have to assume that if he is live on television and Fox is still considered by most accounts to be mainstream media and a legitimate news source that whoever Alex is, he's legit and he has researched factual data. Again, I'm ignorant when it comes to looking stuff up on the Internet because, and especially now, who knows what is real information. So I guess I'd like to hear what your guys' thoughts are about this interview that Tucker did, especially since Alex paints, or Alex paints a, a lot different picture about the vaccines. Um, first off, I am not pro-vaccine. I am pro-vaccine for myself, not for anybody else. Um, I also support the right of those who don't want to get vaccinated for whatever reason to not get vaccinated if you don't want to. That is your right, your decision that you should be working with your do- with your doctor. I have said that from the beginning of when the vaccines are available. I've also shared on air, there are inherent risks to getting vaccinated. There are inherent risks in every vaccine that has ever been invented. No vaccine is 100% effective. No vaccine is 100% safe. A small number have proven to have died from the vaccine 0.04 percent but you have a much bigger chance of dying from covid at 1.2 percent here in idaho according to current data than dying from a covid vaccine so the risks of the vaccine way out way the risks of dying from covid is and that's the reason why i chose to get vaccinated now as, as far as alex berenson I, d- I did once your email came in i did a little bit of checking on who this is. And this is why I, I I know you say you don't have time to, you know, research a lot of this stuff. 
this is this is why everybody and I, I Chris and I do this. You should do it when you hear it. Question it and go do some research and and, and look it up um, to find out. You know, just how yeah. reputable somebody and might be. For those of you, I mean, you know, working on your, your Ph.D. thesis, this is not pure research. We're talking about just getting a few sources and getting some information. This is how he is described. He's an American writer and conspiracy theorist. He was a reporter for the New York Times up until t- 2010 and has authored several thriller fiction novels. Many health experts have rejected his claims. In 2021, uh, Berenson tweeted that COVID-19 vaccinations had led to 50 times more adverse effects than flu vaccines. PolitiFact rated that mostly false. The Atlantic called him the pandemic's wrongest man, owing to his false claims of the vaccine's ineffectiveness. And Twitter permanently suspended uh, Berenson for repeated violation of its policy on COVID-19 misinformation. So right there, I'm not saying what he has said is right. I'm not saying what he has said is wrong. But you should probably, in just saying he's legitimate because he's on Fox, maybe take what he's saying with a little bit of a grain of salt. I don't know what the most mainstream of all the uh, media outlets is in the world, but chances are there's somebody lying to you on that one, too, at some point. Yeah. Um, once again, just want to reiterate, not pro-vaccine. I'm pro-vaccine for myself. You do it. You do you. That's you don't true. want to get vaccinated, and you've talked it's, to your doctor. It's, you think it's, that's the safest thing? It's, Go for it. It's your life. It's your body. You make you know you make your own decisions. I occasionally talk about the fact that yeah, I'm vaccinated. I've gotten all three vaccinations because I felt it was the best you know choice for me. That's it. You do what you want. Yeah, and, and I haven't swayed from that since the beginning. Um, I did question it a couple of times. Um, I questioned you know when the vaccine came came out and we had been vaccinated and all of a sudden you know people were still getting COVID. They were still able to pass it on. And my question at that time when, when we were hearing that data come out, that you can still get COVID and you can still get it and pass it on to other people, then I'm, my question was, why the hell are we getting vaccinated if, if that's the case? And then once again, as more data came out, you have a much, much less chance of dying, a much, much less chance of spending time in the hospital if you're vaccinated than if you don't. And that was the reason I made the decision to get vaccinated. And I've been very open and honest about that the whole time. Got an instant message. Uh, it's not signed, but it says, it saddens me to hear the pancake house was sold to someone out of state. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Are they going to run it as a pancake house again or a restaurant of any kind, or are they going to do something completely different? It, Based on the news story, what was it? it uh, was it grocery outlet or the, the people who bought it? Um, are going to turn it into a grocery store? Well, no, it, it, they, they haven't made an announcement, oh. but... Um, and I think grocery outlet might not be the correct one, um, but they're responsible for all of the nation's whatever this grocery chain was. And I can't remember. I apologize from the news story what the grocery chain was right off the top of my head. Uh, but so people are reading into that, that it might be a grocery. And, and I had commented to you off air. I go, wow. You consider the size of McCall at about what four to five thousand people, and the fact that they would have three major groceries chains. Now they've got Albertsons and Rid- <laughs> Ridley's. Yeah, already. And been, been to the Ridley's a bunch. If they if they add another one, that that's what you would have no problem getting groceries in, in McCall. I'm guessing. Kevin Caldwell. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning, guys. Hey, you know, this COVID thing, I, I listen to you every day. I haven't called in a while, but, uh, you know, there's all this back and forth all the time on, you know, who's right, who's wrong, you know. And I just think it's kind of sad on this COVID thing. We've got so much division 
but there's there's getting to be that aren't conspiracy theorists that have good things to say and nobody talks about them and nobody mentions them and if they are mentioned it's like uh, for instance the uh the spotify podcast with uh joe rogan and that the dr malone i mean yesterday i happened to have uh, cbs news in the morning on and uh they want to cancel Spotify because Spotify chose to, to go with freedom of speech over, over some washed up old has been songwriter. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing. Have you, have either of you guys listened to that three hour interview? I, that he did I have Dr. Malone. I have not. No, neither have I. It, it would probably, it probably would be a very educational thing for a lot of the people who call into you and discuss things with you. You'd have a better, better understanding maybe from their side, but the guy is no conspiracy theorist. He invented the technology and it's kind of interesting because it has a local tie. He even refers back to Dr. Ryan Cole, which is our guy here locally. And, you know, there's a lot of scary things about what's going on out there. And I know COVID vaccines are great for people who have risks. But, boy, I'm getting more leery all the time for, for children. And I just think that, you know, they've, they've got to start listening to people instead of just canceling. There's, there's, there's some legitimate complaints out there. And not by all, but by some that, that probably shouldn't be getting the vaccine. And I just think that the, the whole cancellation of everybody is creating this problem we have where people just no longer want to get vaccinated or, or won't get vaccinated. And it's don't you, don't you think a lot of it is just liability? Well, let's speak liability. Why, why is there no liability against the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies that produce it? Why are they, why are they, uh, what, what's that? Uh, they, they've been, um, uh, given um, blanket immunity, oh gosh, what's a blanket immunity, immunity? against yeah. any liability? That that right there puts people in a bad light, you know. And maybe they're doing the right thing, but it sure adds to the list of adds to the yeah. pile of of what people are, are leaning on. I, I think most of the companies that 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 I've uh, read about, they just don't want to have employees that may have COVID and spread it to somebody else because they don't want to get sued for that. I don't see how you can sue somebody for that. Oh, you can sue anybody for anything. <laughs> well, you can sue, but I don't see how you're going to win. Right, uh, but here, here's the problem. You, you can sue, and you have to fight that lawsuit that cost you, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, possibly. That's, that's the problem, I think, you know, you get into with that. Give, if, I, I bet you it's hard to prove that you... If you're going to give immunity to the pharmaceuticals, then why don't you give immunity to employers? I think they do have limited immunity for some of the employers that yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure either but i i I think there is yeah i mean it's it's a it's a airborne virus it's not anybody's fault who gets it it's sad it's out there a lot of people are carrying it and have no idea they're spreading it i mean how in the world can you be responsible for that sure there are some people who probably know they have it tested for it went out and spread it and maybe even spread it on purpose and coughed and spit on people but for the most part, I don't think yeah. that's the case. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm right with you. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, probably, um, probably very difficult. Yeah. Everybody if, has. If, if you did catch it, it's probably very difficult to prove who you caught yeah, it from. Yeah, exactly. It's like, did you do you have kids in your house? Well, yeah. You caught it from them. How do you prove yeah. that you didn't catch it from them? Do you, you know, live you alone? Live with them, yeah. You, do you live alone, and was this your only trip out of the house for a year? If not, you could have gotten it someplace else. And one of the points uh, that he made, I completely agree with. Uh, the 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 divisiveness of this, you know, I don't have a problem if you have an opinion that you don't think that the vaccines work and or that your your opinion is that you know that the vaccines can be dangerous down the road. That, that that's your opinion. The, the, the arguments that but, I'm hearing now, 
don't have so much to do with, well, I don't agree with your point, but of course you're welcome to have that point. They rarely go there. Most of the arguments now start with, well, you have the opposite appointment or you have the opposite opinion of me. Therefore, you're obviously evil. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem I hear. And you're trying to ruin everything. It's like you do you and, and somebody else has a different opinion. You don't have to attack them just because their opinion is different we, than yours. Everybody who has a different opinion than, than I do, uh, you know, I could attack them and, and fill up the whole show, and that could be the entire show. We just, you know, get people to argue with us and we attack them. Uh, but, Connie, Meridian. But that's, but that's kind of boring. Um, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. What do you want to talk about so that we can attack you? Well, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope that you do because I called in last Friday and let you guys know that you were sexier on FM. <laughs> and I wanted to let you know because, Mike, didn't you kind of want a comparison to AM? Yeah. Okay. Well, Mike, on AM, you guys sound like, uh, or maybe it was Chris who wanted it. Uh, it probably was Chris. Uh, anyway, on AM, you guys sound like western cowboys really so i just yeah in, in what way like john wayne oh i don't i don't mind that at all i love john wayne that'll be oh. the day I, and i grew up as a cowboy i, I can't do a john wayne what? No, well, that was pretty good. slap some you bacon sound... on a biscuit and let's get rolling we're burning daylight that's really you guys are sounds doing like, i mean really and then like also River. i oh go ahead what it's the, it's the cowboys that's i just the movie oh, cowboys. Like the cowboys yeah uh, i was gonna say it's either that or red river or the, you know they're driving cattle yes yeah yeah i but i wanted to give that comparison then also i wanted to just give a little comment about the vaccine when I got my vaccine, they let me know about um, the benefit that there was a chip and that if you are a single woman, it sends these, I don't know, information to your brain on where you can find a rich single man. So I just put it out there that single women, you might want to consider this. My kids love it. They were so happy I got vaccinated. So. I'm just oh, throwing it out there. You're, oh. you're a crack up, Connie. Thank you for the call. Oh. All right. Well, have a good one, you sexy Western cowboys. How you doing? <laughs> I, I like it. All right. So now you're Joey from Friends? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. How you doing? We'll have some bacon on a biscuit. We're burning daylight. Uh, by the way, just before we go to break here. Um, uh, I'm not going to hit you. The, I'm not going to hit you. <laughs> think they're, hell, I'm not. <laughs> think they were talking about the Spotify uh, thing. In case you hadn't heard, um, they, they had an artist uh, on there, Neil Young, who said, if you don't take off the Joe Rogan prod- podcast, which, by the, way, by the way, they pay, I think, $20 million a year to Joe Rogan for his podcast. If you don't take Joe Rogan off of Spotify, you will have to take all my music off of Spotify. Well, they said, of course, they're paying him $20 million a year. Clearly, our opinion is not that lucrative. <laughs> so they're like, we're not taking Joe Rogan off of Spotify. So Neil Young said, then fine, take all my music off Spotify. I saw a meme yesterday on this. Um, 31-year-old and under are asking who the hell Neil Young is. Um, 31 to 65 are going, Neil Young is still alive. And people over 65 are saying, what the hell is Spotify? 
Does anybody really so care? It, it feels like there's not much of a problem there. No. Does anybody really care? Okay, my, Neil Young doesn't want his music on Spotify. My, there are dozens of other places you can still get his, his music. My guess, and this is based on people I have known, is that if you are a Neil Young fan, you probably have all of Neil Young's probably, music. Yeah, that's a good, very good point. I've known people who were so crazy about Neil Young that they could answer any question you had about him. KBY News Time is 9.47. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 250 gift certificates are gone. 250 $50 R&R barbecue gift certificates sold out in uh, what looked like about a half an hour. This morning. We told you they were going to go. Usually we have about 100 gift certificates. Um, so 250 is a lot of gift certificates mm-hmm. um, to go through. It took a little bit longer, but uh, R&R Barbecue, two locations, very good. Um, congratulations to all of you who were able to get in at KBOI.com for that KBOI sweet deal. Keep in mind, there are sweet deals still available if you want to get in on them. Check them out at KBOI.com. Uh, just had a warning here. Uh, wanted to put this out for people listening because it's uh, apparently bad enough that they've had to put out a warning. Meridian Police Department warning citizens about uh, telephone scam that has recently started mm. to increase here in the Treasure Valley. Department has received multiple reports of scammers who claim to be with Idaho Power Company. Uh, they inform the victims that they are behind on their power bill, and in order to keep their power turned on, they must bring their account to current immediately payments are requested either with a credit card information or via a money transfer application um which by the way is always a bad thing to do because then they have your credit card or they have your bank transfer um or venmo account whatever and they can get whatever money that you possibly might have in your bank account uh calls are showing as Idaho Power on caller ID through a process called spoofing, where the phone numbers are disguised as a if they're coming from a trusted source. So when you see it, it looks like it's, hey, it's from Idaho Power, um, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Some tips they remind you, uh, do not provide your personal or financial information over the phone ever if it's a call you did not expect. Scammers will create a sense of urgency to make the payment, resist the pressure to act immediately, and just hang up and never, ever, ever pay in gift cards or with a money transfer application. I, I got the one a couple of weeks ago that was uh, supposed to be from the Ada County Sheriff calling to, oh, tell, yeah. calling to tell me that I had failed to go to jury duty. Uh, and the interesting part about that, I, I told the guy straight out, I knew it was a scam. I said, oh, bad luck. I had jury duty a couple of weeks ago and I did show up. <laughs> what do you say? He just hung up. Uh, but how many people, how many people get, you know, go, oh my God, I Guess I threw that out accidentally. Well, because they, and they, they were claim looking to be for from a the, fine, right? They claim to be from the sheriff's department, and then they tell you that uh, you will have a fine to play, pay, and you can you know take care of it right there. Take care of it right there over the phone. So nice. Uh, Brandon writes in. Uh, Good morning, guys. From what I'm hearing, the problem at the hospitals locally that you guys talk about is due to staffing issues and not directly related to COVID patients flooding the hospital. Look at the data from the Health and Human Services. Only 68% of the beds are in use in Idaho, and ICU beds are only 84% occupied. I don't listen to all the news, but local media keep amplifying Omicron cases, the unvax, etc., driving this problem on the patient side when it's really staff. And I'd also add that it's interesting that so many hospital staff are out with COVID illness when they're supposed to be 99% vaccinated. So once again, we will tell you, and we keep saying this over and over and over and over again, just because you're vaccinated, it doesn't stop you from getting COVID. It keeps you from being 
having to be hospitalized or, or gives you less of a chance of dying. You can still get COVID. And if you have COVID, even if you're vaccinated, you don't want that person in the hospital spreading mm-hmm. it to people who might not have COVID. That's why they're out. Um, it doesn't matter whatever the reason, whether it's staffing issues or that the beds are not filled, you just, because those, those are beds that are not available. So you still have beds that are not available, even though it looks like the beds are available. You don't have the doctors and the nurses to be able to help you with those. Lisa wrote in and says, how come nobody is talking about the bare shelves in the supermarkets? What is happening to beef prices in Idaho of all places? Uh, The reason I don't talk about the bare shelves is because I haven't been inside a uh, grocery store since 2019 because we just started delivering or we started having our groceries delivered every week. And it's, and it's been really convenient. I have seen, you know, uh, I haven't seen bare shelves. And I keep seeing people posting from certain places. And maybe I'm not going to the right ones. But I've been to Albertsons, Fred Meyer, Walmart, and Costco in the last month or so. And there there haven't been any bare shelves in any of the stores that I've gone to. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I've heard that, you know, it's because of, you know, the problem with getting things places because of lack of truck drivers and whatnot right. but uh, i i haven't seen it but i've heard that it is Supplies, going on supply chain problems apparently where lisa goes though there are bare shelves because yeah. she wanted to know about it jim rice uh writes in price rikes in rather i love bacon because i can wrap it around anything basically it's the duct tape of food <laughs> and we'll leave with that today um uh we're uh, out of here until monday morning don't forget 670 kby